views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC. All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredale County. Hope everybody's doing well this morning. Look forward to a great show today. I was kind of slack on trying to get stuff out on Facebook or whatever, but I've got uh, Speaker Tim Moore trying to confirm that he is going to call in second part of the show. So hang on. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's going to be real interesting. Um, it's a beautiful day outside. I hope you go out and get whatever you need done. But I want you to stay right by your radio no matter what happens, at least for the next hour, because this is going to be riveting, riveting. Uh, Constitution Week is upon us. Yesterday was Constitution Day. Uh, technical difficulty, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully y'all are listening to me and can hear me out there. I got some. Anyway, got to go up to uh, Central Elementary School this morning and talk to the kids about our United States Constitution. I always enjoy going and spending time in the schools and getting to see these kids and watching them learn and absorb. And uh, just want to give a big shout out to uh, all the great teachers we have out there that teach our kids uh, in Idle County and in North Carolina. Uh, especially a shout out to Lisa Harding. Uh, Harding, uh, it's her birthday today. Also teaches up there fourth grade, and Jennifer Lloyd, uh, Elizabeth Dobson, uh, and many other great teachers up there at Central and their staff. It was a beautiful school. Everything looked wonderful, and they're doing such a good job. So I'm just really impressed, and um, hope I did a good job with the kids this morning, and hopefully they learned something about our Constitution. So. Uh, also, I uh, want to say real quick, a uh, good friend of mine passed away last week. I was down in Raleigh, uh, Dan Williams. Uh, Dan uh, dairy farmed up in North Idle for quite a few years. You know, him and his brothers were together, and then they separated and went different dairies, and Dan ran his own. And so I've known Dan pretty much all my life, uh, just a solid man. Uh, cancer got him, though, uh, too young, too early, and uh, we will miss Dan Williams. Godspeed, Dan Williams, Godspeed. And prayers for his family. Um, all right, well, I'm going to Raleigh this week. Hey, if anybody wants to call in, too, uh, 704-873-1400, talk about anything. Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, going to be interesting times as we go down to vote. Looks like we're going to have a budget and a few other things to vote on this week. Uh, should be an interesting couple of days. Uh, Medicaid expansion and gaming is also up for discussion and vote. So uh, just have to look at the bills and see what all we got. We finally got some come out of the Senate side over the weekend, and so we're still kind of digesting that and see where that goes. Um, you know, uh, real quick here, once again, beloved Governor Roy Cooper, in my opinion, kind of pulled a fast one of his own on his own party this time, in my opinion. Uh, Michael Morgan, who resigned from the North Carolina Supreme Court uh, to run for the governorship, he's going to be running, looks like, against Josh Stein. Um, so that should be interesting. That Now there's a little bit of competition over on the other side, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but Cooper went ahead and decided to replace him with Allison Riggs. Now, Miss Riggs has not been a jurist for very long. She was appointed, let me make sure I got my dates right here, about 10 months ago, December the 22nd, 
I got a break coming up in five, but she was appointed December uh, in 22 uh, after being with the uh, Southern Coalition for Social Justice. Hmm. Yeah, you know what that sounds like. Anyway, so uh, she had never been a judge before, appointed to our North Carolina Court of Appeals, which is the step right before the North Carolina Supreme Court. Uh, fairly young lady. And then 10 months later, she's now been appointed to our North Carolina Supreme Court. So we have a justice that basically has 10 months worth of experience uh, being a judge, uh, now being one of our people, our judges on the North Carolina Supreme Court. And, and, and now here's the part that you can't make up. You got to love it. Uh, Roy Cooper quoted, we need fair-minded, even-handed, honest, experienced judges now more than ever. Hmm. You know, I don't know how he says this stuff with a straight face, folks. She's got 10 months' experience, but yet he's claiming that, you know, we need judges with experience. And we need them to be fair, fair and even-handed. Uh, this is one of the more liberal groups that we have in North Carolina. Uh, constantly uh, and funny she kind of joins uh, her old buddy Anita Earls uh, on the North Carolina Supreme Court now who Anita was her boss over at that Southern Coalition for Social Justice uh, and she got appointed about the same way uh, and you know the bad thing like I said kind of jumped over quite a few on there uh, on the North Carolina Court of Appeals even that had experience that are Democrats but this lady just vaulted over top of them. So uh, we'll see how fair and even-handed um, Judge Riggs is and put into this point. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. You can't make this crap up. I'm sorry, folks. You just can't. Some of the stuff we see. Oh, Lord help us. Uh, also, right now, um, just thought it was ironic, the annual college free speech rankings were released. And uh, this is basically that says uh, you're, you're okay to speak out, you know, if you want to, um, against what may be the popular theme of the, the people around you, but that's your free speech to do. And it could be very liberal, it could be very conservative, what you're allowed. We actually rank fairly good. I have 100 and I think, uh, excuse me, out of 248 colleges, UNC Greensboro ranked number nine. Uh, NC State ranked 11, UNC Charlotte 21, East Carolina 24, Appalachian 36, Davidson private school, get it, uh, they're 64, Wake Forest, another private school, 88, Duke, another private school, 124, UNC Chapel Hill, not a private school, 174th rank out of 248. Now the bad thing was last year UNC actually ranked 26th. So, uh, you know, how fast and far can you fall from grace here? It looks like pretty fast. So, you know, th th this, is, this is concerning because it basically shows that these students fear that if they actually say what they want to say or, or care to say, that they'll be shouted down, they'll be uh, chastised, they'll be whatever, ostracized, could cost them grades in their classes even. Who knows? Because there's a lot of autonomy that happens in these schools and the professors have the rights to do as they well please, it seems like. 
So kind of interesting how that's going to work out. But I thought it was interesting. It fell from 26th to 174th in the ability to do free speech. And I would hope, I would hope that all of our institutions that we have in North Carolina that are public institutions, taxpayer money, that all these kids would feel free to speak however they want to, whether it be liberal, whether it be conservative, whatever. Uh, we should have all of them in the top 25. So I'm kind of disappointed when we're not. But such is life. So we will see if, if the rankings improve. Maybe they can go from 26 to 174 back down to 26 again. I don't know. But I do know they have a lot of work to do to get there where these kids feel comfortable being able to say what they would like to say and what they want to say. All right, we're getting ready to go on break. If anybody would like to call, i got Speaker Tim Moore coming on the show here out in the second half. So if anybody wants to call, we'll have about 15 minutes. So just hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, back here for the second part of the show. So we can get back and make sure, check on my Facebook stuff here, see what's happening out there. Got to get out of this here. All right, we're back at There we go. All right, folks, just seeing what's going on. You don't pull that up. Uh, like I said, anybody want to holler in? I think we got a caller, don't we? Hey, let's go ahead and take it here. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Good morning, Jeff. This is William. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm good, William. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Just um, sending out my condolences with your uh, dairy buddy friend, Mr. Williams. Well, thank you, uh, man. Good man. My my dad, back in the day, he used to cater to a lot of dairy farms, so I, I, that was a lot of a lot of good times visiting with all the dairy farms in North Iredale and all the way up into Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I wanted to ask you, but I know we, we seem to be crossing bridges before we get to them. We're all guilty of doing that. It's just we want to know. We just want to know. But anyway, um, with Donald Trump, with all these indictments and everything that are going on with him, and they're just going to continue throwing stuff to the wall and see what sticks, um, could it be um, that he has a criminal record because of these indictments uh, with the state of North Carolina and other states in the union? Could he be knocked off of the docket because of that? If you, as far as the election ballot, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know that's a that's an interesting question, um, and I think it would have to get to the felony level. You know, once you're a felon, then it causes problems with you to be able to vote and or register uh, to run to vote. So I, I really think the, the real plan in a lot of this maybe ain't so much the criminal side of it to, to do that. I, I wonder if it's not to just spend him out of money. I mean, you know, the, the other side, we're paying for it. Uh, the different states, uh, the, the, you know, the people in those states are, they're the ones paying the taxes to allow them to, to do their part as far as the attorney's go and so he has to hire his own legal staff and pay them and I, i'm just thinking they're trying to do everything they can to just to play him out of money uh so he yeah. doesn't have any to run yeah, i mean that's that's kind of me because most of the charges i mean there's one right now there's another da in new york i think it is that's wanting to charge him with inflating the value of his uh holdings so that he got better interest rates and preferred financing from banks well, I, I don't really know if there's any legality to that or not. It's up to the banks to do due diligence to see what the values are of his properties and of his holdings. 
it's irregardless of whether he did it right or wrong, whatever. That's that's on the banks who loaned the money. So I'm trying to figure out where the uh, the, the legality is in that. And myself, tell you the truth, you know, I, hey, I've got a car that I really love and I think it's worth a whole lot of money. Somebody else may not. Well, that's the dispute. The banks have to decide what the thing's worth. Uh, so, I, but just stuff like that. You know, I keep waiting for somebody to get him on the seatbelt violation. You know, let's go ahead and get yeah. <laughs> throw everything in there. Well, you know, I thought about that aspect too, Jeff, and it could be a combination of both. I was just wondering because when we go to the booth next year, um, I was already thinking of just writing his name in anyway. You know, even if he is off of the docket, so to speak. But there's no telling what the Dems are going to do up there. Um, even our local Dems here in our state of North Carolina, we just don't know what they're going to do from one day to the next. Um, with Roy Cooper doing what he did, hiring that Supreme Court judge, um, I'm wondering <laughs> if she will have anything to do with the voting. Oh, um, I, you know, I, I, I can tell you she's going to do whatever the, the far left wants to do. She's as far left as you can get with that group. Well, that's the reason why he hired her, oh, then, yeah. because he's through his strategy. He's playing the game here, and it's their to their advantage is what they're trying to do and and all that but you know i don't know i jeff i tell you the the unity that we once had is no longer with us anymore and i wish we could get back to that you know democrats republicans both need to try to work together it's like i told vicky friday we need politics we need politicians we need to work together we need to find a way to work together and all this fighting and hee-hawing around that we're doing it's just unnecessary, in my opinion. Well, uh, you know, sadly, uh, today is, you know, like I said, this is Constitution Week. Yesterday, the, the actual ratification of our United States Constitution, September 17th, uh, 1788. Uh, you know, all of our founding fathers got together, no matter whether they, you know, back then I think it was more about religion than it was about a Democrat or Republican, whether you were Protestant or Catholic or whatever, but... They all got together and realized the greater good. And, and that's where I think so many have lost sight on what is the greater good. I, I, I take an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States and of the state of North Carolina when I do my office. Every time I'm elected, I take that oath. I take that oath very seriously. This is bigger than Jeff McNeely. This is the state of North yeah. Carolina. This is the United yeah, States of America. I've, I've got a job to do, and it doesn't bring into my views so much as what my constituents' views are. I'm there as a representative, not as an individual, but as a representative. Yeah. Well, it's like the teacher taught us in school, Jeff. You know, if you're going to sign your name to something, first of all, read what you sign and before you sign it. Mm -hmm. And then after you sign it, realize what you are signing and what, what the uh, consequences is going to be associated with signing that piece of paper. Um, so, yeah, going back to the basics and everything, I just wondered that about the president, you know, or, you know, Donald Trump, if he runs, and I know he's going to run, he's going to continue to run. And right now, he seems to be the best candidate we'll have as far as getting him back up there in D.C. to fight some of them knuckleheads up there. But, um, you know, we got to look at the other people, too, you know, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and all the rest of them, you know. And, but, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just don't know what to say. I just don't know what to do about it. You know, it's a tough decision for sure. 
Well, it is. Uh, you know, like I said, I, we're, we're going <laughs> to – I always said I, I wish I could vote for who I really like other than the, the, the lesser of two evils. Uh, that tends to be where we end up in America so many times in the voting, voting booth. And, and that's tough. That's tough, you know. Yeah. Um, well, you got people, you know, last week like Mitt Romney announcing that he's not going to run again in 25. And, um, you know, I, my hat's off to him. I'm, you know, i got to respect the man just for that, um, for, you know, just willing to step down and let an opportunity come arise for some younger generation or someone else to take the reins on that. You know, whether you agree with his policies or not doesn't matter. It's just um, the fact that he – announced that he's not going to run again says a lot of his character in my opinion well it, i mean you know he puts it out there so everybody knows so there's no no controversy about his seat the people that want to run can now run freely without having that over their head uh, you know that's 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 the way you should handle it that's the way you yep. should handle it I, I respect the man for that i didn't always agree with his policy no me neither but you know what? I may not agree with all your policies, Jeff. But I, at the end of the day, I'm going to try to respect you. Yeah. You know, we're 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 all individual people that are trying to do the best we can. We hope, you know, and, and we're all flawed too. So and we, that's unity. That's unity. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that's the definition of unity: is to try to learn to disagree and try to work together and compromise somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah, I, and, and I and I find that you know, even in on the the far right side of the party, you know, there's. There's no give. It's it's, it's either you know, our way or the highway, and and government's not going to work like that nine times out of ten. It's just uh, not. Uh, it's, they've gotten it, too big for the bridges. They've gotten too big for the bridges. Yeah. So I mean, you got you got you got to be willing to find out what you really want and and work and and compromise to a point to get to that point that what you really want, and hopefully be able to pull that off. So it's I always I always say if I can agree with you eighty percent of the time, we're a friend. We're a friend. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Jeff, for taking my call and spending a little bit of air time with me. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you do. getting out there beating the bushes like you do. You and Vicky both, you know, y'all are trying. Well, That's all I, you can say. We try I try to be accessible, so if somebody wants to talk, I'm always there. I'm always there. All right, all right man. You take care. We'll talk to you later. All right, see you. Bye. All right, we're back here. Uh, a couple things real quick. Oh, I got another caller. Let's take it down and see what we got. We got about two minutes. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeil. We got about two minutes to go here. What you got? Who's this? Hello? Hello? Oh, we got another one. Okay, maybe we flip to the... Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? This is James. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, I'm good, James. What you got on your mind this morning? Hey, uh, real quick. Won't take long. Uh... I suppose if you get somebody to look at the roadway out there in front of Love Truck Stop, if you come out of the parking lot and turn the left, uh, that road going back into that traffic light where you go to get on the interstate, make two left turns right there, mm-hmm. those trucks have got that road miserably in just terrible shape. Is it out on the main road or is it in still yeah, like the driveway? Out on the main road of, okay. uh, I guess you'd call it Davy uh, Highway. 64 Moxville Highway kind of joins right there at the red light. Mm-hmm. Back there at the, uh, yeah, when you get in the two left lanes right there, cut down to the interstate, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's like built-in speed bumps. Okay. All right. I'll try to take a look at that, and I'll see if I can get my boys out there here in the county and see what they can do. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. All right, man. All right, cool. All right. Yeah, we'll see if we can take a look at that. I know exactly where you're talking about now. Welcome. 
All right, we got about one more minute. Real quick, want to thank Eric, Eric Boyette. Uh, he is the secretary or was secretary of transportation. He just retired. Got to know Eric here just as being a transportation chair and was just, you know, getting good where we could talk and transfer back and forth and whatnot. And he uh, he's up and retired on me. So uh, Joy Hopkins is coming in. I know Joy do a fine job. Um, but I, I do want to say thank you to Eric Boyette. Uh, I thought he did an outstanding job for us as secretary. Uh, took that um, the Department of Transportation. We were in bad shape when he got there, and he turned it around. He turned around in a short period of time, paid back even some of the the debt that they borrowed or we let borrow from the general fund, and so uh, and did it fast too. So just appreciative of that. So thank you. Hopefully we're going to get Tim Moore to call in. He says he's in court. I'm going to see if I can get him here though. If not, we'll talk a little bit more till he can call in. So be, stay tuned for the second half. A lot of good stuff going to happen. All right, folks. Till then, take care. See you. All right, folks, we're back here with the second half of the show. We're trying to get our speaker called in, Tim Moore. Uh, he's actually in court. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, unfortunately, he makes the same amount of money. He makes a little bit more. He may be making about 21000 uh, a year. <laughs> got a caller? Let's go ahead and take it because we got some time till he can call in. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Hello, look up to Hello Jeff. This is David Mays. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, David. How are you doing? I'm sorry. Look up. Uh, I always like to talk to. I like to talk to you a minute. Um, I was wondering how would you be able to help us in the city of Spaceful to help get some stuff recognized as a sort of new historic district in the Spaceful Black Historic District. Um, what would you be able to help? Um, Vicky Sawyer has got a twenty thousand dollar grant to help do some surveying of some cemeteries here in Spaceful. But um, I'm kind of jumped on board here with this now. I'd like to do a project. You know, just wondering how you could help us maybe get push through the national um uh, the state the state registry or and stuff to get stuff moving a little faster yeah uh and um, what's lisa's last name i'm blacking out that government uh moser 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 right and i've talked with lisa before lisa moser on this and basically uh, you know if y'all can come up with some kind of a i guess a, for a better word resolution you know giving me something to put forth as far as what y'all want to do uh, I know Vicky helped with some. I think they're working on the and I, and I you know, me and Vicky talked about. It. I let her pick that ball up and carry it because she got in. Uh, but I'm, you know, I was there telling them, yeah, I'll do whatever. Just tell me what you want. Um, okay. Also, on the on the cemetery, I know they're trying to work on the uh, the, the the cemetery where a lot of black people were buried. Uh, the old cemetery there over in Garfield area. So, but yeah, just but let me know, you know, what you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, to put the plaques up or the historical markers or what, we, you know, you're, you're wanting. Because um, um, there was an email that came from the North Carolina Department of National Cultural Resources that said that they that this uh, the committee determined that this prop this property is potentially eligible for natural rusture and warrants further study. But the city council seems to be at a point to where they're they just don't don't want to be bothered with it, so it's going to have to jump over to the city council. There's not a preservation plan or a conservation plan, and the city council just don't seem like they want to be involved in it. And uh, we have there is an email that came from the National Department of National Cultural Resources that said that they, there is potential. Um, so I'm I'm jumped on board and I'm getting really fired up. I know I don't really stay in this area much anymore, but I've 
just knew I knew you, real helpful person. And I know Vicky, but it seems like a lot of the grants that sent to this stuff is not being properly used. That was another thing that maybe just mean you need to sit down and talk one on one with her and see why some of these grants are not being spent properly on the proper certified people, too. Okay, yeah, and that's important. Uh, you know, and also, I guess you got your uh, Statesville. Of course, they may call that downtown, but I would say where that graveyard is is definitely downtown. Uh, the Statesville Downtown Historic Society. So somebody, someplace like that, I need somebody. You know, if the city council don't want to do the resolution, I'd love to have maybe them do the resolution. Somebody, a, a committee or something, you know, put forth some kind of resolution and, and let me know what you're wanting, and, and then we can go from there. And we can see what we can do well, about getting things registered or maybe getting some money, you know, to check well, uh, see what's on, going on. Can I give you my phone number for you to call me at a later time? I know you're on the radio right now. I think I got it, David. You got you got my cell. Mm-hmm. Is it the one not, is it the one that's on your website? Uh, if it's uh, 704-902-4958, you can just shoot me a text. But I think All right, I let me. I don't have that one. Um let me give you my phone number. I don't care if I hear it. Lay it on me now. I'm sorry, buddy. Go ahead. So they need to. They need to. They need the city council needs to have a resolution to that, start with this. That, that would be wonderful. It doesn't necessarily. It could be the downtown historic society could do something. I mean, just from somebody. Yeah. Okay. You got a pen, Jeff? Yeah. Go ahead. Seven zero four. Yep. Four three zero. Okay. 7045. 7045. Okay. And Lisa's number and Lisa's number is 678-429-5656. But if you call me at a, at a later what time. What was that today, last part? 5656. Five, six, five, six. Yeah, because it's okay. public speak public comment tonight at city council. Mm-hmm. So if you call me at a later time today when okay. you get a chance and um, tell me what I need to talk tell them to do and while I work on getting a resolution drawn up right away. Okay. getting it into your hands and stuff, okay? And you tell me, you need to call me later on so I can tell me how to ask for a resolution, okay? Okay. All right, we can do that. And this is on please, the, is this still on the graveyard? Is this still with, the, with as far as doing the No, it's, it's, um, it's about eight or nine sites. Okay. It's making that whole area from Garfield, Green Street, Mount Pleasant, Center Street, everything, making it all one big giant historic. Oh, okay. So like not, historic district, I guess, or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's being like the one in Mitchell, but it will be a, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight streets. It would be one big giant. It'd be like a whole big district. It, it's a nice district. It's beautiful. I got a map of it right here. Okay. All right. We may need to see if there's any kind of ramifications because once it's kind of zoned like a historic site or district, then you can't do a whole lot of things. You know, you're kind of stuck. So hopefully all the property well, owners agree. Well, like I said, um, if you give me a call later, because like I said, I've jumped on board on this, okay? I'll do it. I'll give you a holler. I need all your sports you can help me with, okay? All right, David. See you, man. Lisa does too. Thank you. <laughs> gotcha. All right. See you, bye. All right. Is that it? All right. Um, under the uh, You Can't Make This Up Again file, uh, California, and, I, and we're waiting, like I said, hopefully hopefully Tim's going to be able to get out of court and call him. not, we'll have him on the next time then. But uh, California has filed a civil lawsuit in state court in the in San Francisco, of course, against the largest gas and oil companies in the world for their misleading statements that damage has been done to our environment. 
because of climate change, because of fossil fuels. Hmm. So the state of California, which they think they're the nation, I guess, of California, has decided that they're going to sue all the all the petroleum companies, all whether they be natural gas, propane, gas, whatever. They're going to sue them all, and they want them to set up a fund that will be there so when any uh, natural disaster happens that this fund will pay for all the damages. Now, folks, I, I don't know how far-reaching this is. Is this just the United States? Do they wish for them to pay for the whole daggum world of natural disasters? I'm not sure, but we're talking trillions of dollars uh, and never-ending from now on, evidently. Now, how far this is going to go, and, and th this has been done by individuals, but this is the first time that I know that a state has done this. So this would be led by their state attorney general's office and obviously has the backing of the state legislature and the governor's even come in and said that this is long overdue. So Gavin Newsom said this is long overdue. Uh, you got another caller? All right, we'll take that and see who we got. That still ain't Tim, though, is it? No. All right. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Jesse. Hey, Jesse. How you doing, man? We know natural ain't natural anymore, so that'd be kind of hard to debate on that. Well, I, you know, this is this is one of those crazy things that that only comes from California. Just when we thought they couldn't get crazier, or they do, they beat us. Uh, they come uh, up with something crazier. The uh, I just wanted to ask you. I heard you, you know, weigh in on the uh, the founding. In, in your opinion, I just be curious. Wanted to ask you, who who would you consider your founding fathers? The hmm. ones that wrote your state constitution, the ones that wrote this federal constitution. Well, you know, I, I, I look to all, but you know, the the founding fathers of our our country set forth about the the blueprint of what really our state constitution is. Only difference is the added part about that we must supply a uh, an education to all, uh, free education. You know, and I went through several states and looked at several different state constitutions, read, you know, the uh, U.S. Constitution, and it's just, you know, that's just like the preamble of our U.S. Constitution, you know, trying to to uh, work toward a more perfect union. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, it, that, it, you know, it takes a lot of deep thinking on it, thinking, you know, the, the perfect is idiotic in my mind because I mean you know you got so many different people so many different ideas that should be able to carry out their ideas and their dreams and for for the to to try to to create a perfect world is just idiotic in my in my opinion I don't know it's just uh and, you know, they, they they put that in a preamble of the U.S. I don't I don't know if that's uh, got a lot to do with what's going on here today. It's just like trying to create everybody's view of a perfect world. It's it's impossible, you know. Well, I, I guess their idea was is they were they were trying to do the best they could 
for the best possible outcome. So I, I'm not going to hold them at fault for trying to do the best they can. It's just you're you're exactly right in the fact that it's not going to be achievable. <laughs> not the, uh, not in this world. Not in this world. Right. And getting back to the, the you know, the, the bringing these all these, the young people in, and I've got I, I cheer I cheer all of them to to look to look big in this world, dream big, uh, conquer your dreams. The uh, but having somebody fresh out of even college, the uh, deciding law like that. Uh, that young lady appointed, I mean, that's that's like leading from the tail. Uh, we know what the Bible talks about that. And the, uh, you know, God, uh, Moses made, made the people wander for 40 years. I mean, that, you know, we know what that means is that it's for them to have experience whenever they did receive the, the land. You know. Well, that that and there was, that some of them had had sinned so greatly, God said He would not reward, and so right. He had to kill off a generation. We we got a break in about fifteen seconds, Jesse. Jay, Jeff, just you know, God speed to you, man. All right, appreciate you, sir. Appreciate yeah. you. All right, folks, we're gonna take a little break here. I'm hoping we'll get Tim more in today, but if we don't, we'll get him another time. Until then, just hold. All right, we're back here for the last segment of the show. I'm afraid my, I'm afraid my lawyer slash speaker of the house might be tied up in court today and ain't getting out. Once again, problems with those dadgum judges, I swear. But anyway, talking about the state of California, you know, we just had Jesse on here. Um, you know, going to sue the largest gas and, and oil companies in the world and, and make them set up this fund because it's, it's all their fault. It's all their fault that, that you know, we... It's no longer global warming, but climate change. So any natural disaster that happens, you know, floods, tornadoes, uh, you name it, I'd say, uh, hurricanes, the whole nine yards, it's all their fault. And it, it would be nice to, to be able to blame somebody and have them you know, take up for anything that you don't want to. So that's what they're aiming for. You know, and I, and I don't know if the fund is just to cover California or if the funds to cover the whole United States or the whole world. You know, knowing California, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't want them on the hook for the whole world. And in the meantime, because California, their uh, their legislators have mandated that by 2035, they will no longer be any gas-powered vehicles, new vehicles, sold in the state of California. So to stop this craziness, which we don't have the infrastructure to, to do these things and probably won't have it by 2035, uh, but, you know, that's them. Uh, actually, our Congress, thank goodness, has passed a, a proposal that uh, basically it's a bill that will allow people to choose what type of propulsion they want for their automobiles. So uh, this is basically the United States government, uh, mostly Republican. There was like seven Democrats, I think, voted on this bill, sent it over to the Senate. I'm sure the Senate will kill it, gut it, do whatever. But uh, sent it over there uh, to basically give you a choice that a state cannot mandate what you want to power your vehicle, which is what's happening. And, and they're trying to stop us from going over a cliff that we will never come back from. 
And and so I, I, I don't understand. Like I said one time earlier on the show, I think it's 39 Priuses have the same amount of battery that one Tesla does. And to me, the, the Prius, they style, the hybrid cars make the most sense. Uh, we're spending all kind of efforts and time and fossil fuels to draw these minerals out of the ground to make batteries for electric vehicles. And I don't see where we're winning. If anything, we're probably doing more damage to our planet through that, through the mining of these heavy minerals for the batteries, than we are with what we've been able to do to reduce emissions coming out of our vehicles, even the ones that are gas-powered. So, <clears throat> uh, And then on top of all that, you have the United Auto Workers on strike. Uh, they're doing uh, strategic striking. Uh, not the whole everybody walk out, but I think there's three different plants. I think they've hit uh, Chrysler, or they've hit GM, and they've hit Ford. And so, uh, you know, but just one plant here and there, but very strategic. A lot of them are the ones that do a lot of the more popular SUVs and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I understand always wanting to get paid for your services. Uh, asking for 46% more pay over the next four years, um, that seems a little excessive to me. Uh, they say that the car manufacturers are making all this money. Well, I'm surprised that if they are, it's just, it's more of an inflation figure, uh, cost of goods, what it took to make them, and what they're having to sell. But it's getting to the point where this regular people cannot own a new vehicle, will not be able to afford. The cost is going to be so. And that's one of the things that they said, that, that they can't afford to buy the cars they're making. Well, my goodness, if you're making $46 an hour, or if you're making $37 an hour, uh, I've got to wonder, has the inflation of everything around you gone up because of what you're paid? Um, my father used to always say if you went up and told a man he was making too much money, he'd punch you in the nose. But if you look at what you spend and what you make, once you get a raise, uh, and everybody, we've seen this coming out of the pandemic with all the increase in salaries. Well, there's also all the increase in price. Did we win? I'll tell you who did win because I filed an extension on my taxes, and so now for my business part, last week was the time to turn that in. My personal will be done here in October. And the federal government is definitely winning because of our sales. Uh, a lot of it, it's not that we've sold more volume, but we sold more as far as monetary volume because all of our products that went into making our feeds, the grains and everything, were higher priced this past year, or in 22 and on into this year, starting to settle a little bit. But all that value, so now I'm paying that percentage because taxes work on the percentage and the number's larger, about $3 million larger. And so the government's going to definitely win on that. And that's why if you wonder, why ain't the government doing something about inflation? Why aren't they helping us stop this? Well, the government's winning. That's why they don't seem to be real excited. If they're trying to figure out a way to get more tax dollars out of you, and right now with the, uh, the left in charge, that's exactly what they're trying to do because they want to spend more money, and believe me, they have. That's what started the inflation part was we started passing bills, do you think, way back that we didn't have the money and had to print. Well, that pumped up the money supply, and you're throwing more dollars after fewer goods, and you get inflation. Da-da. If you don't cut, you know, they, they raise the interest rates to fix it, but if you don't cut spending, like I've said many, many times before, raising the interest rate isn't necessarily going to fix your problem. If anything, it's probably going to put you in a recession, which we keep teetering on. If we had full employment, if everybody would go back to work, 
um, we'd definitely be in a recession right now and we start to see a higher unemployment. But because of that, we're in kind of a weird spiral. People can't get enough help to make the goods they want to try to offset the cost of everything they're having to pay for, which makes small business struggle. I have no idea what that was. Ghost. <laughs> Something's beating on something. <laughs> One other thing, too, real quick, like I said, as we lead into this, and it don't look like Tim's going to be able to get to us today. Uh, we got about another four or five minutes. I don't know how many of y'all saw this, but the Social Security Administration has obviously overpaid people. Now, this is causing quite a problem. This is causing a real problem. Um, and to no fault of a lot of people, uh, they did not do the figures. It was the administration that did it. But now the Social Security Administration is sending out bills to people that uh, actually got overpaid. And they're demanding their money back of the overpayment. And they're wanting it in 30 days. Now, that's pretty tough, y'all, because I'm sure a lot of these people that have received these payments uh, spent that money because of high gas prices, high food prices, high everything, and did not realize they were going into a debt deal. They thought this was uh, money that where they had paid into Social Security, so they were getting it back. They're obviously disabled in some way or another or some issue, some health issue. Whatever the reason may be why they're drawing on their Social Security, and this is not necessarily people that are retired so much as it is the disability side from what I understand. So these people are already struggling, and now they get a bill from their federal government telling them they've been given too much money. And I can guarantee you, like I said, they've spent it because they've had to to survive because of the cost of everything going higher. So this is uh, perplexing times. Uh, to me, it's just once again... Poor management. Most of this has happened now in the last couple of years, uh, and it's under the Biden administration watch. And I don't know who's watching what or who's doing what, but I, I do hope that they are able to work with these people, all of them, on some kind of a payment plan. I'm not saying forgive, although I would feel more in interested in doing a forgiveness for these people than I will for student loans, because there's a whole different avenue there. Student loans, you knew the debt that you were taking on. You agreed to it, and you signed your name to it. These people did not realize what was going on to them. All of a sudden, government and their miscalculations has come to claim. Uh, I saw where one lady that's a dis disabled, uh, now retired U.S. postal worker, she's had to sell her house because it was $120,000. She was overpaid. So... Uh, just trying to figure all this out. Uh, I'm sure maybe some here in the county have gotten that. Remember, it is a federal issue. Uh, if you want to contact my office, that's fine. We will probably have to put you in contact with Patrick McHenry's office to see what we can do there. Um, that is your local representative or Ted Budd or Tom Tillis' office. They're your senators. So if this does come about, we'll be glad to help direct you but it may be easier to go ahead and, and go directly to Patrick McHenry's office. He has a, actually an office, I think, in Gaston County, Gastonia, and I think he, I know he has one up in Hickory area, uh, and maybe one down in Mooresville. I'm not sure on that. I know Will Bowen, one of his guys that lives here in the county. So, uh, and I'm sure they're excited to death if they're listening to me telling other people to call them, but this is what we do, and this is our job, and they do a great job at it, so they're not going to not take your call. They're going to help you. So 
I just hate that for those who are caught in this mess right now. It's, it's very troubling. It's very troubling. I got about one minute, and I just want to throw this out real quick. The EPA has decided they're going to delay their new smog standards until after the 2024 election. Hmm. So, but there's no politics in an environment at all. None. No politics at all. Just thought that was interesting that they've decided to do that instead of trying to do it now because this is supposedly their time. But they chose to push off till after next year. So, interesting times. I'll tell you what we've got here to the end of the show, even though the speaker didn't call, it didn't take long. So we're going to go ahead and say our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, uh, we thank you. We thank you for our many blessings. Uh, big decisions have to be made on our state and on our federal level and on our local levels. So I pray you give us wisdom and guidance always. I pray you be with the Williams family as uh, Dan passing, dear Lord. I pray you comfort and heal them. I pray you comfort and heal all of us that are in need. Pray for health. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, folks, take care. Till next time, see ya. You've been listening to North Carolina Representative Jeff McNeely. Join Jeff again next Monday morning at 11.05 for Taking Care of Iredell on News Talk WSIC.